You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 539 for December 2nd, 2020. On today's show, violinist Tomoko Omura. This show exists because listeners become members. Please become one today for five or ten dollars a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. I'm producing this on November 30th, but by the time you hear it, I will be someplace, I don't know, maybe in Texas, maybe further than that. I will be living in a van, a 1999 Dodge Caravan to be exact, that I have turned into a tiny home, and I will be heading, generally speaking, eastward to uh, see family during the holidays to the best of my ability during the pandemic, and then, generally speaking, southeastward for the winter, and then who knows. It's all part of a brand new project I've launched called Vanarchism. You can learn more at instagram.com slash vanarchism. It's just the word anarchism with a V at the beginning. You can watch the videos at vanarchism.com slash YouTube, and you can also become a member of Vanarchism, as opposed to the Jazz Session, or in addition to the Jazz Session, at patreon.com slash vanarchism. It's all very exciting. The Jazz Session will continue um, as usual in terms of its production schedule, I hope, but uh, my guess is I will get to do more in-person interviews, you know, pandemic permitting uh, as the months go on. So I'm super excited about this. It, uh, a lot of people have asked, how long are you going to do this for? And my only response is I have no plan to stop doing it. So uh, you will just see. I mean, I, I intend for this to be the way I live now, but let's see how it all turns out, given that as I'm recording this intro, I haven't actually started. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So uh, in any case, I'm super excited to be doing it. I'm super grateful to all of you who are members of this show because quite literally without you, I cannot survive. So thank you so much for your membership. Tomoko Omura's new album is called Branches, Volume 1, and it's one of the best records of 2020, in my opinion. Tomoko Omura, welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I want to start by telling you that this is one of my favorite albums of 2020. It's just one of the best things I have listened to this year in the jazz world or outside of it. Uh, I I absolutely wow. adore this album. So I just wanted to start by letting you know that you're in very friendly wow. ground. <laughs> um, that means uh, world to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to, and uh, yeah, thank you for enjoying it. Well, as a 
as a guy who listened to a lot of kind of like 70s King Crimson, which had a guitar, violin, front front line, like Uh guitar, violin, bass, and drums, it was a kind of a sonic landscape that I immediately felt pretty comfortable in. And actually, let me start right there and ask you about coming up with kind of the general idea for like the sonic landscape of this record. Will you, how, how early in the process of writing this music had you thought about how you wanted it to sound in terms of the quality of the instruments and that kind of thing? Well, uh, I think my album uh, Roots had the same instrumentation. So this is definitely a stretch from that project. And of course the, the guitarist will, will change the sound of the the you know, the whole thing. And I really like Jeff Miles' sound. And, you know, Will Grave was, um, I loved his sound so much. They're very different guitarists. And Will was getting uh, almost too busy. He was on the road um, almost all the time. And I couldn't get a hold of him for some local shows. And so I, I started asking Jeff a few years ago and really liked his sound. And that's how it started and, and you know and the that rhythm section of course is different but yeah as you mentioned jeff's sound is very different i mean this this project sounds very different from from roots and i wonder how much hearing his sound maybe changed the way you put the music together as you were approaching you know writing and recording yes definitely definitely um i had his sound and the way he approaches music and, you know, the way he played solo. uh, I I definitely had that in mind to compose and make the solo sections work. There's mm -hmm. like a video that accompanies this that I watched that uh, in which Jeff says that it was an interesting experience for him because he had never played before in an ensemble where, there was a violinist who was the main voice and then his guitar essentially as almost an an accompanying voice or a contrapuntal voice and he said it was really was really fascinating for him can you talk about when you first started playing together how you learned to navigate that space jeff has been experimenting a lot with his sound and he always asked me like how I would like, or, you know, I always trust him, you know, however you hear. And, but sometimes I would be more specific. Uh, like if we are playing the melody together, I want to blend better. So let's choose this sound kind of thing. I can be specific, but most of the time I just trust his instinct and let him do however he hears. Jeff has been experimenting with the colors and uh, texture in his sound in the band um, throughout the the few years we've been playing together, and uh, I think his sound was has evolved in a maybe different ways from the start. I think it was more like leading guitar type before, but now he had the so so many. Uh, different colors and textures that he brings out so much into the the music.
the rhythm section is really wonderful here, and they are they are called upon to play in a lot of different ways. I mean, to really kind of stretch and bend with the directions of the music. Will you talk about the rhythm section, who you've got with you on this recording? We have Glenn Zaleski on piano and keys and Pablo Menares on bass and Jay Sawyer on drums. They're the most supportive rhythm section ever. They really make me sound good and make the music sound good. And they're always working to make make it better. Jay Sawyer, I, I met him at local jam session in Brooklyn, and I was amazed by his ability. He can play in a lot of different bands and throughout compositions or just, you know, blues band or very straight ahead jazz band. Or He, he has so many pockets, but um, he's, he's uh, very, very sensible at the same time. And he's always caring how to make me sound good. His contribution in the music is tremendous. Pablo, he's one of the the best bass player I've ever played with. Um, just him playing on on his own, just make the you know the music groove. Like just one tone, and it's already grooving. And it's amazing playing. And so a lot of compositions of mine, it's very rhythmic. They're they are very rhythmic, and his fundamental groove is very important in the band. So he's a very significant part in the the band and the Glenn uh he's well he's my partner in my life but also um he's uh he's been playing my music since roots he brings so much uh with the the colors and dynamics and surprises you know we we are together we've been together for 10 years now but uh, he always surprises me still this band has been playing for a pretty long time, and we've been developing our sound by performing locally, mostly, and everyone, it's just like a family to me. A quick break from the interview to remind you to become a member of the show. As I mentioned at the top of the show, by the time you hear this episode, I will be living in a van. Not down by the river initially, uh, hopefully closer to the ocean, actually. But I will be living in a van, uh, cooking in the van, sleeping in the van, eating in the van, in an emergency, going to the bathroom in the van, but hopefully mostly going to the bathroom other places. But there, I didn't put a small toilet in the van. Uh, and I'll be doing all that in various places around the United States. And obviously, uh, until there's a vaccine and, and things uh, you know, are, are a little better in terms of the pandemic, I'll be being super cautious and, and not being around a ton of people or anything. But uh, we'll be traveling and seeing different places and hopefully doing some socially distanced interviews with folks in addition to the ones I already do uh, over the phone. In any case, I can only do that. And this has never been more true than it is now. I can only do that because people like you become members of this show so please do for five or ten dollars a month you get all kinds of bonus stuff and uh, you will help me out there on the road continue to document this music as i've been doing for 13 years thanks so much and now back to the episode
I thought it was interesting that when Jay Sawyer, the drummer, was uh, talking about the band, the connection that he mentioned feeling particularly strongly was his connection with Glenn, the pianist, as opposed to what you might expect, which is a drummer would talk about his connection with the bass player. Um, but I, th- I thought it was interesting that he highlighted how comfortable he feels playing with Glenn, which I just I thought was interesting and kind of a sign that the connection in this band, you know, must be pretty deep for him to choose that yes. that connection. Yes, it's pretty challenging music to perform. It's not. I mean, it could be sight read, but it's not about sight reading. It's just we created together, you know. Um, of course, I have very specific parts sometimes to each player, but they need to be the players, and they put so much their inputs in the music. So, yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's they're not replaceable easily. Uh, which is very difficult in New York because everyone is so busy. And But I think it's very important for me to have everyone's input equally. And I think it makes the music feel good and authentic And because I, I want everyone to feel like themselves when they play. Let's uh, turn our attention to the music itself. Um, much like Roots, this album is very influenced uh, by Japan, where you're originally from, and by Japanese folklore, and by Japanese uh, musical scales and concepts. And I just, I guess let's start there. Let's talk about what you started thinking about when you were envisioning this album. I wanted to continue with the Roots project. I already had uh, some compositions, like Konomichi was actually the earliest one in this album, that I had, and you know, I wanted to make a, a follow-up to the Roots uh, album, but this time I want, wanted to make melodies on my own because Roots in 2015 were covers, uh, arrangements of the pre-existed melodies from Japan, like folk. Uh, folk songs or TV songs, but this time I wanted to create um, melodies in a way that um, has Japanese influences. So I started researching a little bit about Japanese traditional music and what scales there and the styles, but it was not enough to make it Japanese. <laughs> and so I always liked storytelling in music. And then I thought it would be interesting to write something inspired from Japanese folktales. Because folktales are universal, you know, like we would read some folklores from Eastern Europe or Southwest Asia or African folktales. But it has the, the meaning of the folktales is all like a humanity base, right? So I think it's it's easy to relate to as a human. And but also I wanted to write something that's specifically Japanese. So I started reading those Jap- uh, Japanese folk tales and I chose the ones that I liked the most and I put the music on top of it. <laughs> Thank you. 
chose some folk tales, like for example, The Revenge of the Rabbit, that has some pretty dark, uh-huh. <laughs> dark, dark parts yeah. to it. That's not like yeah. a that's not a read that one to your kids at night kind of <laughs> kind of folk tale. Yeah, but the, right. Tell us the about that. Read it. <laughs> uh, well, I thought that was interesting because some of the folk tales could be similar to each other. Um, happy ending. Like if you do good things, the good result will come back to you or something. That that's great. It's a positive message. But this one is um, pretty dark, and you know I think reality. Like sometimes things are can be vicious, brutal <laughs> to us. And this story was interesting because uh, it's you know it's all animals, but. Their like revenge was has taken for the bad act, right? But it's also vicious. So right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a choice. It's a good choice. It's a it's very memorable. It's a very powerful. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I I completely agree. There's a surprising musical choice on this album too, which fits in perfectly. But when I, the first time I listened to this record and, you know, it opened the way it does, and then all of a sudden the melody of Moonlight in Vermont began playing, I thought, what is going on here? And it's it's fabulous <laughs> and it completely fits in. But I'm so curious about how you ended up choosing Moonlight in Vermont uh, to include uh-huh. on this. Yes. Well, I really don't remember the moment, but uh, I went to some shows. In, in New York City, and they were singing the Moonlight in Vermont, and the, the singer explained that the lyrics was based on haiku, haiku rhythm, and I, at that time I was doing all the roots project, and I was always finding some, something Japanese in in jazz. So haiku rhythm. And the, the lyrics and jazz standards. So I had to make something, some arrangements for it. So I was, I've been working on that. I'd been working on that for a while. And then 575 is very interesting numbers. And I thought that could be a time signature. So I made a high bump for the intro. 58, <laughs> <laughs> And then the rest goes. Um, I thought I, it was interesting. Until you just said that, I never. It, but it is. It's da 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 is five. Da 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 huh? da is seven. Da 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 is five again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a known fact. It's like a trivia. <laughs> well, it is a trivia that I did not know. So that that is totally amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> wow, that's that's really fascinating. <laughs> I I, now I'm the perfect fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just project. I'm so amazed. I don't know how to continue now that I've just because I love haiku and to discover that <laughs> Moonlight in Vermont is a five seven yeah. five melody is just right. wonderful. That, that song is not rhyming. It's a, but but it's, it's a haiku. So yeah, in English. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Now, this uh, this album, although we're just hearing this album now, it was actually recorded at the end of uh, 2018. 
And how before the recording, it sounds like you and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you had been able to spend some amount of time playing these compositions together live right Mm -hmm. before you went in the studio. Yes, yes, a lot. And did their did their character change at all as a result of these live performances? Uh, you mean throughout the performances, it, it evolved? Sure. In other words, from, from the first time you performed these together until uh-huh. you went into the studio, did the songs sound different by the time you recorded them than they had sounded at the beginning? A good question. Uh, it depends on the songs. So Moonlight in Vermont is a definitely big change because that song was very difficult always to perform it was a very problematic song i almost didn't include that that song (laughs) for the recording um um but um i think i'm i'm glad i did it but i've changed a lot quite a lot like i have like 14 different music sheets music for it 14 different versions yeah it was always a challenging and it didn't work I mean, quintet is pretty um, hard to manage um, musically because how much can I, should I, you know, control or, you know, those, those kind of things. And, and um, yeah, I just wrote it, wrote it, wrote it, changed it and erased it. And then it just, it was just the longest process. And some other songs were just like, the same from the beginning we performed like a return to the moon is almost from the first time it worked konomichi is pretty the same the revenge of the rabbit we rehearsed a lot but not much direction change in there yeah i think just maybe moonlight in vermont is particularly we we developed that a lot together we practiced it together and the result of that is in the recording. Another quick break to thank the folks who make the jazz session possible, starting with the members who support it, and also the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music, and Dave Rabel for the logo. Chuck Ingersoll is the voice of the intro. You can hire him at hearchucknow.com. Follow the jazz session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram at the jazz session. If you'd like to keep up to date on my podcast, my travels, my poetry, and more, subscribe to my twice-monthly newsletter. You can go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link, and you can also see all the past issues while you're there as well. Now, back to the episode.
that's so interesting to me that you thought about not including it, and then you ended up putting it first. <laughs> yes. Well, we, when you have songs uh, in the list, like what can be on the top and what can be... Yeah, and just just that song ended up in the top. that's that's quite a that's quite a trip from i don't think i'll put this on the record to it's going to be the first thing people hear when they play this album i think it's a brilliant move but uh that's quite a decision one of the for me the drawbacks of our digital age is that we no longer see kind of in a large format the the art that accompanies albums we see tiny little pictures on a screen and we know we don't get the full impression and luckily because of what i do for a living i at least get the art sent to me at very large size so i can see what it really looks like and the art for this album is incredible Uh it's so beautiful so will you talk about the artist yes trina hines uh she's just amazing artist um i love her um she was actually subletting here. And so we lived together for like a little bit. Um, and she was at that time not living, uh, didn't have apartment in New York. She's uh, actually uh, a model and also an artist at the same time. Okay. And um, um, yeah. And uh, we had a really good um, good time together living here because Glenn was away at that time uh, for On the Road, uh, my partner. So yeah, Trina was living here, and then I realized that she she you know draws and uh, she was amazing illustrator. At the same time, she was modeling here in New York, and uh, I got to see her uh, work, and then. Just I couldn't think of anyone else who could do better than her. So I asked her to make the artwork, and I sent her all the stories of the Japanese folktales and the music and everything. And so she listened to it and researched about the stories. And there you go. It's very amazing art. Um, Yeah, I couldn't be happier. When I saw the cover of branches i immediately wanted to read the graphic novel that goes with it which of course doesn't exist but it the cover just (laughs) i mean it looks like you want to open it and there's like a cd inside and then there's a whole book of these illustrations telling you all these stories i mean it just it's so beautiful she really did an amazing amazing job yeah 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 it's it's amazing i I, and yeah so make sure to check her amazing work she's uh i think she's very busy now with that art That's great. Uh, and her mother is a wonderful jazz pianist actually and uh, i actually played with her in massachusetts last oh, year wow. her name is pamela Hines. okay and uh, she's uh, also uh, a host of the wicn uh, radio station and she has the jazz program there so, oh great yeah Pamela well, that's cool. Hi. Family connection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've been referring to this album as Branches, but it's actually called Branches Volume 1. So can we expect more uh, uh, kind of in this series coming up? Yes. 
yes, volume two is coming up uh, sometime next year. It hasn't, uh, yeah, we, we haven't decided, but yes, it's coming out. And again, is it original compositions or a mix of that and folk music? Or tell tell us a little bit. Of, just give us a little sneak peek of the next volume. Yes, that one has folk songs actually. Um, two folk songs, I believe. And uh, uh, yeah, it's but it's all original composition, all um, the same band, and recorded at the same time. So. We, yeah, it's recorded 2018 December at the Samurai Hotel. We spent two days there, six hours on both days, and we recorded all those 12, 12 tracks. Wow. So the six tracks is in, are in volume one. The other one's going to be in volume two. 12 tracks in 12 hours is probably only possible if you're a band that has played this music a lot. Otherwise, that seems yeah. like there's no yeah, way there, that could happen. There you go. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, well, you know, I have budget and everything. Sure, of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is pretty much like a live album. We didn't do any overdubs, sort of punches in, punching or anything. We just played like basically like live shows and you know of course we we have a take two three kind of thing but basically like live performances that's great yeah tomoko uh, i think there's also some uh, kind of multimedia aspect of this project as well right mm-hmm, yes i have a music video of the song the revenge of the rabbit it's all like illustration and um, it goes like a Emma kimono style. I don't know if you know Emma kimono, but it's like a, like a rolling, like a art. scroll basically, right? Yeah. Kind of like scroll a scroll. Yeah. Art. And uh, it was illustrated by my dear friend, Noah McNeil. He's uh he's my best friend's husband, but also he's an amazing jazz pianist. But also he happened to be an amaz- amazing illustrator. <laughs> so, <laughs> you seem to know a lot of people who have <laughs> all of these various yeah, talents at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he did an amazing job, and I really like loved this uh, music video. So I hope you can watch watch it. It's called The Revenge of the Rabbit. And I will put a, a link to that in the show notes of this episode. So, folks, if you're uh, if you're listening to this, uh, maybe while you're driving or something, when you get home, check out the show notes, and you can uh, you can find a link to that video. My guest for this episode has been Tomoko Omura. Her new album is called Branches, Volume One. As I said, it's one of my favorite recordings of 2020. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Tomoko, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show talking about this album, and uh, I I eagerly look forward to Volume 2. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks to my guest, Tomoko Omura. Her new album is called Branches, Volume 1. If you like what you just heard, become a member for 5 or 10 bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. And come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session.
morning, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.